Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So start off by telling me, are you really fine? Welcome to our second episode of No Really, I'm Fine. I am joined today by my lovely co-hosts, Michael Pearson and Kate Lally. Today, we are continuing the theme of body image and body positivity. Gemma, you speak to Christian Walsh, who is a journalist at Reach PLC, and we all know him really well. Um, But our listeners who don't might need a bit more explanation. He was a um, reporter at Liverpool Echo and a few years ago he wrote an incredible article where he spoke about his experiences with his mental health and and we'd never really seen anything like that before but you're really good friends with him aren't you? Yeah I mean I've not been at the Echo for for that long but in the short space time I have me and Chris have got to know each other really well uh, mainly over our struggles with mental health um so you know we always check in with one another and I remember the first time I read that that story and just to see the incredible transformation Chris has gone on you know to lose so much weight and also to sort of um know that someone of his level in the office someone of his importance battles mental health as well is sort of comforting in a way and I don't know if that's the correct word to use but it probably is because it just goes to show that anyone can have a mental health problem And, you know, me and Chris have really sort of connected over that. And I just felt it was important to sort of check in with him now. Not that I don't do that already, but I feel like it's important for our listeners to know that Chris, you know, still has problems. It's important for him to sort of tell people that he still struggles and, you know, it's okay not to be okay. And, you know, don't get me wrong, he has his good days and he has his bad days, but it's it's it was just nice to catch up with him, really. I love that phrase. It's okay not to be okay. It's like my favorite phrase in the world. Like I might, I don't want to ever get a tattoo, but if I do like that, I'd be like the one thing I tattoo. Would you yeah, think? yeah, yeah. And and it is. I feel like there's a lot of pressure at the moment to constantly constantly be happy every day, like almost Stepford Wives scenario, you know. But that's not life, you know. We all have our bad days, and we sometimes really beat ourselves up yourselves up for having bad days and there's nothing wrong with having bad days. Kate, you are going to speak to Ruth Cooper-Dixon, a mental health expert. Yeah, so uh, Ruth's ace. Um, she's founded her own global mental wealth consultancy. She's helped hundreds of people. Uh, she's also a mental health first aid instructor. And yeah, she's, she's just got some really good tips about managing stress. You know, even if you're not really the sort of person who would, you know, describe themselves as, as being prone to stressing you know we all we all do do it in, to some degree and she's just got some really really good advice for, for kind of how to handle that and I guess how to kind of nip it in the bud before it could potentially become become something worse whether it's you know turns into anxiety or something like that or you know has an effect on, on your physical health so yeah it's some really really important stuff and some some really good advice and I believe she's going to touch on upon you know the coping mechanisms as well and 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 perhaps what she does as well yeah, we're, yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, it's a very personal thing, isn't it? It's what, what helps one person might not necessarily help another person. But yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of things you can do and, and she, she is going to tell us a bit about what, what she does personally. 
I'm joined with Christian Walsh, the football editor at Reach. Um, Chris has opened up before about his journey through depression and how his dramatic weight loss has turned his life around. So Chris, me and you often mumble sighs to one another if it's a bad day in the office or we, we put a little thumbs up to each other if we're having a good day, don't we? Um, and we also give each other a pep talk over message now and then, don't we? We've come become quite close over the months since we've got to know each other. So start off by telling me, are you really fine? Uh, it's a good question. That it's, it's one of those when you're always, you know, when you open up about your, your your mental health, depression, anxiety, and you say, "I am fine." You know, sometimes people are like, "You sure? Are you sure yeah. you're fine?" And it's it's kind of no, no. Honestly, today I am fine. You know, some days I'm not fine, but today I am fine. So today I am fine. The sun's shining, um, and you know, it's it's one of those which I'm sure we'll go on to. Some days you're not fine. Um, today at the moment, it's nice to be here. Nice to you know sit here, do this episode with you, and uh, and and talk it all through. I'm um, you know it's a real pleasure to be here. Oh, oh, good. I'm pleased to hear that. It's it's funny though when when we're talking about you know saying I'm fine, you often feel like people think the line you you know you're lying to them because I'm fine's so overly used now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know. And it's such a, a simple phrase to say, isn't it? You know, it's a, how are you? And, and it's, oh, I'm fine. You know, and, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 it's just a, it's almost just like a straight bat, you know, you're like a cricket and you just straight bat that ball straight back. It doesn't give anything away. It puts those walls up. It, it, it is, a, it's a non-committal answer because saying fine is just middle of the road. There's no alarm bells ringing. There's no need to sort of investigate. There's no need to to pry. If somebody's fine, you just go, "All oh, right, okay," and then you move on to the next topic of conversation. So it, it's funny how just two words, you know, what is it, six six letters, um, can can ultimately have sometimes such a such a deeper meaning. Mm. Um, as I say, sometimes when you say I'm fine, you are fine, yeah. um, <laughs> and that is an absolutely fine answer. Yeah. But but sometimes when when you're not fine, but it, 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 I use this certainly, you know, I'm fine, I'm okay, everything's all right. Those type of phrases you use when, you know, you're not. Yeah. But you just want people to ultimately, you know, leave you alone yeah. or, or not pry anymore or or not really, you know, investigate about how you're actually feeling deep down. Yeah, sometimes you have to be in the mood for that conversation, don't you? Really? Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of us here in the office know um, a bit about your background and what and what you've been through, but would you mind talking us through, you know, post twenty seventeen, sorry, before twenty seventeen, to our listeners, just you know what you did actually go through? Yeah, so um, you know, I, I grew up, I suppose, a, a regular life in Liverpool, central Liverpool, um, and you know, went through life sort of what you would define as a, a happy normal. You know, yeah. and, you know, I don't like using that word because I think what we are talking about is normal as well. Yeah. But you know, the the the, the society defined normal life. Um, and then you know, as, as I got a little bit older, I started to feel a little bit, you know, down, a little bit upset. I used to be angry and and and, and lash out at people. Um, and woven into all of this, I suppose, is the fact that I used to be, you know, a, a very, um, you know, very overweight. You know, I think you know officially i was obese i was i was 21 stone 21 really? yeah 21 stone um at my sort of i'd say my peak uh, weight was about 21 stone um so i wasn't happy with me i wasn't happy with how i felt um i wasn't happy about me you know me life in general um and how it made me feel and you know it's a bit of a cliche but it was always that vicious cycle that I was unhappy because I was, you know, the size I was and I was living the lifestyle I was. 
um, you know, very lazy lifestyle, very, you know, couch potato, didn't really go out and do much. And the more I felt like that, the more I'd be unhappy. Yeah. And because I was unhappy, it would just fold in and mean that I wouldn't want to leave the house. I just want to sit on the couch. I just want to eat away my problems. So, you know, prior to me weight loss, that, that was sort of that horrible cycle I was already in where, I, you know, I was self-conscious about my image, but mm. also mentally it was hurting me because I wasn't getting up and doing things and, and, and going out and, and, and making the most of life. And it was almost like, because um, I know you've suffered with depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. so it was almost like you were pardon, pardon, feeding that, you know, because you didn't want to sort of get better at the time or you didn't know how to get better, you know, when you were, when you were at your heaviest weight. Yeah, it was, it was a comfort eat, you yeah. know, it was a comfort eating situation where, you know, you, you get in and, and you've had a bad day or you don't feel right about yourself. So what do you do? Well, you're open that bag of crisps, you're open, um, you know, that bar of chocolates. Um, you know, I used to get through two litre Pepsis every day. Um, for, you know, I used to, before I started my job at the Echo, I used to be a freelancer. And while mm. that did involve a little bit of office work, um, it would also involve working from home. So, you know, I had full access to the cupboard. I had full access to, you know, the, the toasty maker. I must have had about 20 toasties yeah. sometimes. So it was one of those. And obviously after you've done that, you, you maybe leave the house to go to the shop or into town um, on nights out. And then you just feel like everybody's looking at you. You mm. feel like everybody's judging you. They might be, they might not be, you know. I, I, I most was, of the time they're not, aren't Most they? of the yeah. time they're not, definitely. Don't get me wrong, I, I was probably a size where I think people probably maybe give a glance, but who knows, that that, yeah. that is just sort of how your mind can can, can sometimes be, be to your detriment. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of, because of that, you, you clam up, as anyone who has anxiety knows, you clam up, you, you sweat more, you go into survival mode. Mm. Um and because I was bigger as well, I'd sweat even more. So because I was sweating, I'd become even more anxious. So because then you're thinking everyone's staring at me everyone, because I'm sweating. Exactly. And, yeah. So it was just that vicious, vicious cycle. Does everyone think I'm sweating because I'm a big lad? And it's just that vicious, vicious cycle, which, you know, at times I found really, really hard to break. So talk me through the moment then when you decided enough was enough. It's interesting. That I, I, I don't know if there was one necessarily, necessarily one moment or if it was because an accumulation of things, I think, um, you know, there was a couple of nights out, I think this is going back towards maybe 2014, mm. the end of 2014, there was a couple of nights out where, you know, people made comments to me and, 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 um, one of the big things as well is once I took the job at the Echo, um, you know, I suppose my, uh, social media following increased, I suppose my profile increased. Yeah. Um, and that led me to you know, a lot of ridicule from people. I got a lot of nasty messages. If people didn't agree with anything that I wrote, which is fine, it's part of the job, although, you know, sometimes I do struggle with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd get called fat, I'd get called ugly, I'd get called bald because mm. they didn't agree with what I wrote. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd see people and, you know, I got to the stage where I'd be searching my own name on Twitter and it wasn't a vanity thing. It was more of a, uh, you know, what are people saying about me like behind my back? And, and, yeah. and, you know, ultimately people were saying things, you know, oh my God, Christian Walsh is so fat. Oh my God. Um, so there was that sort of personal element and I suppose a physical element to it was, you know, I, I, I had to start seriously thinking about getting clothes from, from specialist shops. So I was going into, you know, clothes shops that I'd usually, you know, let's say Zara for a shirt and yeah. they, didn't, they didn't do me sizes anymore. A pair of jeans, they didn't do me size anymore. I had to start going to those specialist shops and, 
I suppose I thought, right, that's it now. Like I sort of, I need to break this cycle. I need to, to get myself, you know, fit and healthy. And I'd had so many, you know, failed attempts, botched attempts at a diet before and, you know, it goes maybe to two weeks and because I didn't lose the weight straight away, then, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd basically get upset yeah, and then go back into eating food. Um, it's mad hearing you say that because looking at you now, it's just, you know, you're almost half or even more yeah, of the yeah. size, you, you know, you, you, sorry, not more, less of the size, yeah, yeah, you know, you, yeah. you're so, you're so fit now. And, you know, we were talking before about how you, how you're doing a, a half marathon in a, in a couple of weeks. So it's just amazing to see how far you've come really. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, you know, it, it isn't a cure. I don't think there is a cure. No. I, I don't, I think people who have what we have is, you know, it, it's something that you do have to live with. Um, yeah. you know, at the same time, there is there are, there are ways that you can sort of you know look after it. There are, there are ways that you can can control it, and and you know sometimes you just let it come over. Yet that's fine. You can let it, but sometimes there are ways that you can make yourself feel a little bit better. It doesn't work for everybody, you yeah. know, And I'd never ever suggest. I'd never say to anybody, start running, and you, all your problems will go away because yeah. you know my I still have problems, and it's not you know uh, as I say, it's not a cure, but. You know, I found something with that which sort of, you know, helped me. And you know, once the once the, the negative cycle stopped, it became a good cycle where, you know, I read up on the you know the dietary, yeah. you know, the nutrition and sort of, you know, a bit of myth busting because I always used to think, well, these low fat yogurts are great, but they're not the full of sugar, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. So. I was sort of prepped for that. And then once you start to see the weight drop and you start exercising, you realize exercising makes you feel good. Then all of a sudden you can buy the clothes that you want to buy, you know, even if they are at the time, double, triple XL, you just sort of get into that happy cycle then yeah. where for me personally, you know, happiness was breeding happiness and, um, you know, still got loads of dark days and, and, and it's, it's not easy, but I found an escape in, you know, going in the gym, going running, um, yeah. And it, you know, it was it was a it was a drastic thing, but also a, a, a steady progress thing in terms of you know I think I lost maybe five or six stone in the first four or five months, really? which is yeah. I don't think that's probably recommended by you know actual <laughs> physicians. I don't think you're meant to do that, but it was something I needed to do. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody listening, but it was just something that I needed to do. I yeah. needed to get that run and jump, so I didn't after three weeks go back into my. Oh my god! You know, I've I've only lost a, a pound, so yeah. you know, let's let's just eat. Um, so yeah, it's 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 you know, it's been a bit of a journey, but I'm happy to be on it. Good, good. Um, in a way, when you were losing the weight, did you think that you would also lose your mental health problems? Sometimes, because yeah, I think that you know, you feel more confident, and, yeah. and I think I don't think I don't think it matters if you have mental health problems or not. I yeah. think if you if you go to the gym and, and endorphins do help whether, you know, you struggle with, with mental health problems or not. So it, it it was it was one of those where I'm feeling these things now where I wasn't before. You know, I was yeah. getting, you know, people were making nice comments. It was nice mm. in terms of, you know, obviously my friends and my family were saying, oh, you know, you're looking great at the moment. And, you know, that was really nice. But, you know, people online, and I know it sounds silly, but, you know, something that I do want to get across is that strangers' opinions matter a lot more than strangers think sometimes. Yes. And I think it's easy to throw words out onto an internet message board or onto a, a, a Twitter screen, but, it, you know, they have an impact on people, yeah. um, even if they don't realise that. So 
it was it was nice to see strangers sort of go and oh have you lost weight because I sort of update me Twitter pick or whatever yeah or you know they watch the videos that we do with the echo and yeah you know oh you you know you're looking really good and so that sort of you're feeling like that and you think oh great you know the, the, you know I don't feel you know sad I don't feel depressed I don't feel low anymore but then the days come and they do and it doesn't matter you know how much weight I've lost what clothes I can wear even the nice comments that people make sometimes the the, the low days are there the days where I still feel you know fat ugly I, I am bald I can't fix that one but you know I can unless I get a wig but you know it's one of those where you know you do get those days where it doesn't matter how much you exercise and how nice people are to you you just you you, you have what you have and you, you you've got to deal with it in, mm. in whatever way you can how often do you have the bad days now are they are they less than than you know when you were heavier weight or does it just depend i think it's i think it depends and that's yeah. why i don't want it to, to make exercise sound like a cure when when i'm you know it it's it, it's changed my life in terms of my outlook on life and, and, and it's given me that, you know, a bit of a routine and I just enjoy it's I'm doing something that I enjoy. So, you know, the, 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 the if I want a, a brighter day, then it's there for me. But, you know, the dark days, they can come and they can go, you know, I started the year, you know, in a, in a really sort of dark place. Um, I, I really wasn't happy with things and, and it was just one thing after another. And this is at a time, you know, maybe it was because I let over that a little bit of Christmas, you know, unrelated to that, there were other things where, you know, you take comments from people and they're not they're not meant in a nasty way, but you take them as a nasty way. Yeah. You read something about your work and it's it's absolute just and, and, and reasonable criticism. Um but you take that as a personal attack. Um so, you know, the dark days are definitely still there. I still get angry sometimes, I still get upset, I still have the days where, you know, I put myself into bed don't want to get back out and even if I'm sort of saying to myself no you've got to get off for a run mm. at the very start of the process I, I would find myself getting out of bed because I had that goal to sort of try and lose weight whereas now I suppose my weight I still like to lose a little bit more but or certainly tone up but I'm at that weight where it's not as necessary so maybe that isn't as important now to get out of bed so in a weird way once you sort of reach your goal yeah, you know, maybe I need another goal to look at, but I don't think it discriminates mental health in terms of. I don't think it matters if you, you know, fat, thin, you know, or whatever, you know, the 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 society defined fat or thin, or if you you got hair or you haven't, or you know, I, I think it's just literally if you struggle with it and you suffer from mental health problems, it'll just sometimes hit you one day, and 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 you know, it's it's up to you how you cope with it, whichever way you feel best. Yeah, it happens to everyone, doesn't it? So I suppose no one's not gonna be affected by it in some some shape or form. Yeah, definitely. It's it, it's you know, as I said, I didn't want to say at the start that you know you're not normal if you because I know people who who don't you know sort of ha, uh, they're not impacted by you know mental health problems, but there, there are far more of us out there than than you yeah. realise. Um, and you know, I don't think that I know that there's nothing wrong in in feeling bad. There's nothing wrong in you know sometimes having those days where you you just don't want to talk. Again, it's a cliche, but you know if you if you've got a cough or a cold or if you've got a sore leg, you wouldn't aggravate it by you know going Ignoring out in the cold. It. Exactly, yeah. you, you you treat it in whichever way you feel is best. So you know, it, it it's a perfectly normal thing to to feel like that. 
it's just about making sure that you know you come out of it you and know. you don't stay in it like you can't be happy all the time can can we so um you know we can't all be stepford wives or robots <laughs> with a permanent smile no exactly <laughs> we all, we're all human i suppose yeah and, and and everybody you know i'm sure even if it's not anxiety depression you know bipolar ocd whatever you know people suffer from even if it's not that people will feel lower times people will feel sad they'll feel yeah. anxious they'll feel worried um so yeah, yeah, it's it's a perfectly normal thing, and and, and I defy anyone who says they're happy a hundred percent of the time. It's just that, you know, me personally, I you know sometimes I feel it probably a little bit more. Um, it comes a, a, across to me a little bit, you know, a little bit more often. Um, it may, maybe impacts me a little bit more. But you know, ultimately, you just gotta you know survive and yeah. and, and continue. And when you're in that dark place, it's it's difficult sometimes to think, oh, it's normal I'm, the way I'm feeling like this. It's fine because sometimes those emotions can sort of overcome you, can't, can't they? And you feel like you sometimes can't get out of of that sort of dark stage. Yeah, yeah, it consumes you. You know, I go back to the start of the year. It was really, really, it, it felt really consuming for, for like for and I, you know, I, sometimes you can't put your finger on it. It's it's there's, there's you wish nothing. you could yeah, yeah of course you know you wish there was a button and you just go right that's the problem <laughs> you know that's also that feel better now but it just consumes you it's a, we all know about the you know I think if you if nobody is is aware of it you know the the, the dog of depression mm. you know every it's yeah. that little Australian cartoon if if, if you, the listeners aren't aware of it and it's the idea that you've got this dog and sometimes it can just sort of sit on top of you and, and, yeah. and you can't do anything. But sometimes it's a little bit like I think you know Gulliver's Travels and if if you you know with the Lilliputians and basically it's not one big thing but it's all these little sorts of Lilliputians <laughs> sort of you know knocking you down and and and, and pinning you down and sort of you know chipping away at you. Mm. So um, if you, if you didn't do GCSE English, that probably has absolutely no relevance to you. <laughs> Google it, Gulliver's Travels and Lilliputians, but. It can be one big thing. It can be a couple of little things. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know why it's there, but it just is there. Mm. Um, and it does, it, it envelops you. It, it can consume you. Um, and, you know, I know you personally, you wrote a really good blog post about sometimes it's okay to let it consume you. You just yeah. sort of, you ride the storm, um, but you don't necessarily have to be, you know, at the wheel. You just sort of let the storm go over you because eventually, you know, there's, there's hopefully the sunny skies will will, will, will emerge and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. you just got to sort of sit tight and, and wait for it to, yeah. to end. And know that it's not going to, it's not going to be there forever. You will, you will come out of it. Yeah. Um, we've talked a bit before about, you know, I mean, it's a lot, there's a lot of it in the media at the moment about men needing to open up more and, and you know, men needing to talk more about, about the mental health. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, I, I think it's improved definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it's you know it's it's funny I was, you know you think back to I was in university nearly ten years ago now I'm thirty two, um and you know I've, I I suffered then mm-hmm. um no doubt about it there were there were days when people would you know knock on me on my dorm room um and I'd just be in bed under the covers and I think nowadays I think people would be concerned I think people would be sort of aware of what was going on. And this isn't a detriment to my friends or anything back yeah. then, but it just wasn't in the conversation. It was just sort of, you know, why is it? Why is a young, why is a young lad like that sort of, you know, ignoring our calls? And 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 basically, I just sort of say, oh, I wasn't feeling well. I had a bit of a headache and all that. 
And I didn't realize, but looking back, that was sort of the, the formulation of, of, of the, you know, the mental health problems that I have. So, um, you know, a lot happened in 10 years. I think a lot happened in, in five years when I, you know, opened up in, I think it was 2016, um, 2016, 2017, even then it felt like not many people did it. Um, certainly not many you know, male journalists. I think I was certainly, I'd like to think I was one of the first yeah. because I felt like a lot of people were saying, wow, this is, you know, fair place here for, for, for bringing this into the conversation. Um, now I feel like, you know, I, obviously I work in football um, and I think there's been, there's still a lot more work that football can do around it. But I do think that there is a lot of progress in terms of people understand footballers have now come out and, and, and held their hands up and said, not that they, they should hold their hands up, but they've sort yeah, of admitted yeah, yeah. and said, you know, I, I suffer from depression, I suffer from anxiety, players have been taken out of teams and, and they've been given leaves of absences. So, you know, in the, in the public eye, I think it's important. I think, um, you know, I think the work that, for example, Mind do, I think is really important, um, the charity Mind. Um, you get a train ticket now and they talk about, you know, the, the Samaritans number yeah. on the back and, and those type of things um, for men, but also for women, for, for everyone. But I do think that the the culture of machismo and, and you know, men don't have their feelings shared and, and, and stiff upper lip. I, I'd like to think that's slowly eroding. I still think there's a lot of, I still think there's a lot of work to do with that. I, I do think that people think, you know, if you cry, it's a sign of weakness, and that, and that, if you're, you know, emotional, then then you're not very masculine, and I, I just think that's ridiculous. It's yeah. it's, it's a ridiculous idea. It's a ridiculous concept. Everybody is is different, and and, and they react to situations in different ways. And you know, what is what is masculine and what's not? It's mm. it's it. You know, it, it it doesn't matter to me. Um, so I think there is still a bit of work, but I'd like to think that there has been, certainly in the in the mainstream media over the past couple of years, some work towards, you know, normalising what what we what we suffer from. Um, but again, I th- I still think there's a there's a there's a fair bit of uh, of you know progress to be made. You know, I know when I came out um, as you know mental health issues and. It was very much uh, almost a unanimous yeah. sort of positive feeling from from everybody. But, you know, you got those one or two comments and then people will sometimes use that against you in a way. So, you know, you, you criticise a footballer as is your job and they would sort of say, well, you know, how how could, you know, you talk about your mental health, what are you, what are you doing to theirs? And it's sort of, you, you can't use mental health as one-upmanship. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not, not a that's not how sort you, of yeah. weapon, isn't exactly. it, to use against someone. So people have still got to learn that sort of thing. But in general, you know, the the reaction I receive personally and, and what I see in the in the mainstream media now, it's, 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 it's definitely improving with mm. regards to uh, men and mental health. And how have your family and friends been, you know, with you recently and how were they, you know, when you were when you first perhaps told them about what was going on? All supportive. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope I'm not betraying any confidence here, but, you know, I've got some you know, very, very close friends outside of work um, who, you know, since I've sort of come out as, as, as suffering from anxiety and depression, they've, you know, confided not just in me, but sort of in the group as well, um, which is, you know, really nice to see. Um, they've, you know... F- I've, I've had not much support from 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 a lot of people. They always check up on me. Um, you know, back in September, I had uh, you know a pretty 
worrying incidents um, and, and they all mobilised to mm. look after me. And, yeah. you know, I can't ask for any more than that. Um, family, friends, loved ones, I can't, can't ask for any more than that. Um, you do get... You know, I think sometimes it it, it scares people um, if they if they don't necessarily suffer themselves. I think they worry about you know, am I saying the right thing here? Am I? Yeah, they you know, do, don't they? It's like and it's like yeah, how to deal with, yeah, to deal with yeah, it? And yeah. and you know, you're having a low day. What? How do you approach that? And I understand, and you know, I, I definitely understand now how hard it is to live with you know to live with me. I don't, that's not <laughs> dramatic, but you know, even apart from that, but no, like the. the <laughs> um, you know the, the the idea of living with it and, and and living with with loved ones who have it, it's very it's very difficult. It's mm. very um, it can be very testing and very trialing um, on relationships. Um, but at the same time, you know I've, I've I've you know bar one or two exceptions, and you know you reach out to them and and, and you never get anything back. And I, I don't think it's a malice thing. I think it's more they just don't know what to do. They don't want to make it worse. Yeah, and, and you know that's fine. Ultimately. Yeah. Um, as long as they know how you are and they're there for you, I suppose that's all that matters, isn't it? Exactly. You know, th- there's been a couple of situations where people who you, who you think are friends sort of know how you were, but never really check up on you. But mm. again, I, you can't judge people because it's it's still, it's you know, there still is a stigma around it, rightly or wrongly. And, yeah. you know, as much as we're trying to break that stigma, you know, people still get a little bit scared of of not just the the, the issue, but, but the person with it. You know, yeah. if so, you know, those people, you know, I don't don't hold any any ill will towards them. I just know I can't sort of rely on them in my darkest hours. Um, yeah. But you know, I've got a really good network of you know family, friends, loved ones, partner, everything that is just you know. Do you have someone who you can rely on on you? When yeah, you yeah, 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 really yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone yeah. who. You know, it might be a different person for a different thing, but yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's just all it's all good. It's it's and sometimes it's not mm. the best, but I know that people will be there to to help me through it. And what advice would you give to someone who's perhaps, you know, suffering with a mental illness and is too afraid to tell someone about it? I would urge people to speak up. I, it's 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 funny because you you know there is a big movement around. It's okay not to be okay, and 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 you know sometimes, and I you know I completely and utterly buy into that mantra. You know, but sometimes you know people just aren't okay, and you don't know it's okay not to be okay. So I think if you, it's not necessarily a, a problem share. There's a problem have, but it, it's certainly if, if people know that you're not okay, and and there is a possibility that you're not okay then it will it will become easier i think you know it 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 is it's it's a massive burden on on one person to alone i don't think anybody has to worry about being judged anymore as i say i, I think people are definitely becoming more respectful and 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 you know educated about it um i just you know, I'd, I'd also see a GP. I think that's an important thing. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's not for everybody. I'll throw my hands up and say, you know, I've tried CBT and it didn't necessarily work for me, but, you know, it did help to some degree. Um, so just, just mention what CBT is all about. Oh, so cognitive behaviour therapy. And yeah. it's, it's one of the, the, the anxiety-related um, therapies which you, you do with a GP. And um, they would essentially 
it's a, it's how to control your anxiety, I suppose. It's how to it's coping mechanisms. So, you know, you're, you're anxious in town and you think people are looking at you. Mm. It's about how you can sort of train your mind to sort of tell you that there is nothing wrong. And, you know, you're a little bit, it's about maybe getting your your house in order a little bit so you're a little bit worried about the you know the state of the flat for example and it's a little bit messy well you know this these are the, the steps that you take to make sure that you don't feel like this anymore um it doesn't work for everyone didn't work for me personally but you know you go and see a gp if you feel low and and down and you know it's important to get a diagnosis yeah um, and they'll choose the right path for you won't exactly yeah. because you know mental health is such a broad spectrum it's mm. it's you know i i have anxiety i have depression but as i said before there's bipolar there's ocd there's you know postnatal depression there's, there's all sorts isn't there of course um so you know that's important as well so cgp talk to people but don't don't make yourself uncomfortable in doing so don't feel like you've got to make a song and dance about it if you just want to have a word with with you know sometimes strangers there's a samaritans there's mind um and ultimately just just know that it will it, it it well it can get better and and there's plenty of people who it has got better and it's not always going to be easy um and it isn't easy to live with or deal with but ultimately th- there are a lot of people who who share your experiences and, and are there for you mm-hmm. brilliant well thank you very much for talking to me chris i really appreciate your time and you know we're both talking about difficult subjects but Hopefully, by doing this, we can we can help someone who might be listening now who may need help. Thanks very much. Cheers. Today, I'm really excited to welcome our guest, Ruth Cooper Dixon. Ruth is the founder of a global mental wealth consultancy as well as being a mental health first aid instructor. She's helped hundreds of people, as well as supporting teenage girls through the This Girl Can programme. Ruth, welcome. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Hello. Hi. So you're going to talk to us today about managing stress. Yes. I guess it's really where you want me to start with stress. And I think it's such a, it's such a hot topic. Um, I think it's a word we tend to use, overuse. We all tend to use it regularly. I'm so stressed. Um, and, and what I find working with all my clients is, um, just really understanding that stress is both good and bad. You know, we, we all have it. Um, we all, we all need it because it helps us to stay motivated it helps us to uh, you know push forward for goals. We need it if we're frightened or fearful, and that kind of all goes back to the prehistoric times and the fight, flight, freeze mode. But what happens is when we are stressed, and our brain is telling us that we're stressed, what that does have um, is an impact on our on our bodies physically, because obviously our brains and bodies are connected. So that's why when we're stressed, often we have um, you know, we might get uh, neck ache or back pain or shoulder ache. Um, that's why people often get, um, you know, butterfly tummies and nervous tummies. And we see things like chronic conditions like irritable bowel syndrome. And that's basically because all the blood, when we're stressed, rushes with all the release of the of the hormones, the adrenaline and the cortisol. What happens is all the, all the, the blood rushes to our arms and legs to fight or flight so back in the day when we came across that saber-toothed tiger, uh, we'd have to fight 
and take it home or we'd be eaten alive. So we'd have to run off. So that's why we have uh, all the blood rushes to our arms and legs. That's why people kind of get clammy hands or twitching arms and legs, um, uh, shaky hands if you're presenting and you're, you're quite stressed. So yeah, there's all these physiological responses and also it can become quite serious. You know, we're looking at chronic conditions because the stress hormones as well in our body um, increase our blood pressure, um, they increase our heart rate. So that's why we, we see a lot of um, stress strokes and it's why we see a lot of, you know, cardio, uh, vascular problems, heart disease when it comes to chronic stress. So it is quite frightening, you know, if we look at it, um, you know, kind of ongoing. Um, and, you know, we all have stress in our lives, both good and bad. So, uh, Kate, I know I know you're getting married as soon, which is a very happy, exciting event, but it's also stressful. You know, yeah. we, stress can be good, but also it can be bad. You know, we can be we can be stressed about um, you know, a deadline at work or, um, you know, financial problems or we could have a physical, a serious physical illness that does, again, then mentally give us that stress. So there's there's lots of reasons why stress is both good and bad. Um but it's a bit like our mental health, you know, um, how we manage our mental health, a big part of that is to deal with stress because stress can, if not managed correctly, not only physically creates, you know, huge risks um, to our to our bodies and, and kind of our, you know, functioning, but also mentally um, stress can be a trigger for, you know, mental health conditions such as anxiety and depression and even some cases um, you know, it can trigger psychosis. So it has to be managed. And it's when stress becomes, I guess, if you think of it as being more the norm than the exception. So you might be stressed for a, period, a short period of time, um, which is okay. And then it's kind of letting those hormones, those adrenaline, the cortisol kind of, um, you know, go back to the normal levels in our bodies. So it's, it's one that's, if people don't manage and we're all, you know, we're in a busy age now, uh, but we're constantly on the go, constantly pull, plugged into tech. So how do we do that? How do we understand what our capabilities are with, for dealing with stress? Because I think in this day and age, I'm sure you probably agree that we just keep going and going with stress um, and we keep taking and taking all of the time. There's social media, families, friends, loved ones, work, all plays a part. Um, and so. I think the way that I would often describe it is um, thinking of it like as, as a, a stress bucket. So we all have, you know, you and I both have a, a stress bucket um, and that they're, they're different sizes. I don't know how big your stress bucket is. You don't know how big mine is. Um, and, you know, certain things can create the size of that bucket, you know, experiences you've had in life, uh, the childhood that you may have had and then, you know, subsequent life experiences um, but what happens is that, uh, that stress bucket, um, fills up, you know, just like a normal bucket would fill up with, um, sort of small stresses, but big ones. So give me an example, okay, of something you've been stressed with recently, like apart from the wedding, which is obviously probably <laughs> a bigger stress in there, but give me a little example of uh, just a normal everyday stressor that you've had in the last 24 hours or 48 hours I just guess something small. working to deadlines and and you know you've got you've, you've got that time frame you've got to get something done by and it can be very stressful 
Yeah. So, you know, in your stress bucket already, you've already got a big thing happening that's kind of not going away. It's the planning of the wedding, which is good, but it's still stressful. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you've got deadlines. And then on top of that, you've got some client stuff going off. And then, you know, you might have had a really awful commute into work today, uh, into the office. So that's something else. And then maybe some problems with email and that's something else that adds in there. And throughout the day, we're filling this stress bucket up, you know, and we're carrying this around with us. What happens is if we don't put a, a, put a lid on the bucket, so we learn how to stop that external stress coming at us or being able to manage it, or if we don't adopt some coping strategies to kind of let, um, if you imagine it filling up with water, you know, to let a tap out on the side of that bucket to let the water go so to, and to let the stress out. So what happens is if you don't do some coping strategies to help you then what happens is the the stress will overflow and that's when it really starts to affect you either emotionally and physically and it's it's a bit like that phrase the straw that broke the camel's back Mm -hmm. you know it can be actually something very little that drops into your stress bucket finally but it could be that little thing that just you know really puts you over the edge um so kind of thinking about some of the helpful coping strategies i mean they are different for everybody because we all we're all different and we're all individual humans, so everybody's different. But what what would be for you? Perhaps some of the things that you know you like to do when you're stressed. What kind of things do you kind of do to relieve your stress? That's that's good. The good ones. Exercise is a massive one for me. Um, yeah, going for a walk or a run um, with with that's... headphones in, just kind of getting getting out of my head a bit. Um, just that's a good one. Yeah, or taking a nap (laughs) um but obviously that's not always possible if you're at work or whatever Um, but just just taking five minutes sometimes and just breathing yeah is a really big help yeah it is just just having that moment yeah what what about you what what do you find helpful um I'm like you I went for a run this morning so for me exercise is a big one I really like um Mm -hmm. kind of spending some time um I prefer running outside as well I think being out in nature or just even getting around the park is much better um elsewhere I I do like a book it's very cliche but very kind of hashtag self-care but I do love a bubble bath like I just love being able to just kind of again I think it's that whole meditative ritual practice of just kind of putting some music on lighting some candles, you know, just chilling out and, and just having that space and, you know, just some quiet me time where I'm not, where I'm not connected to my phone as well. And I also think family for me is a bit a big one, spending time with my family and, you know, I've come home to Derbyshire this weekend specifically just to unplug tomorrow and spend some time with my nieces and nephews and go bowling, have some fun, which I think is we forget to do some of that stuff sometimes as well. You know, the fun doesn't always have to be, I guess, about necessarily chilling out. It can be seeing friends or, or, you know, doing fun things, just kind of, it's very hard to be stressed if you're laughing. I always think that, you know, if you're making yourself laugh, if you're around good people, um, it kind of eases it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously you're a mental health first aid instructor. So you'll have, 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 spoke with many people about this um what what are some of the other ways you know you've heard people say that what what are their coping strategies so in terms of their well uh, in terms of their coping strategies yeah 
Um, I always have, I often get people who have pets taking the dog for a walk is a big one. That's kind of their alone time. Um, and one thing that's recently come up more and more, which I think is absolutely fantastic, is where people have rediscovered uh, passions for sort of childhood pursuits, like playing instruments. And they've kind of, I've, I've had probably about three or four people recently um, in various um, mental health first aid training sessions who've actually said, well, I've started, you know, to relearn the piano or I've picked up the guitar again. And I think that's absolutely wonderful because A, that is great for, well, you know, it's proven as a as a uh, a mental health tool to flex your brain muscles that, you know, it's great to kind of pick up uh, learning an instrument again. But just to to rediscover those things that used to bring us so much pleasure when we were younger as well and, you know, just doing something for you, I think that's really nice. So what what would your advice be to anyone who who finds themselves, you know, if we're going to use that analogy, nearing, nearing the bucket overflowing? Um, so my, my sort of top four tips, I think, would be to look at um, surrounding yourself with the right people to talk to, to let out that stress, you know, uh, and to have that support. So family, friends, you know, whoever that is for you, even if it's online, your tribe that you have. So find find those people find your passion um because i think you know that's just doing something for you something that's fun and if that's going to the gym if it's playing an instrument if it's reading your favorite author whatever that is that's really important um to take some time for you in terms of being present um you mentioned just having those five minutes not everyone's into mindfulness but just going for a walk without your phone you know switching off your phone for a Sunday just having some unplugged time be present be in the moment and finally the physical and, and being active and you know if that's you know, even better if that's outdoors but if whatever your jam is from you know going for a walk with a dog going for a run going to the gym those those four things for me are, are kind of the cornerstones of of, of sort of managing stress brilliant well thank you so much for coming on the podcast Ruth thank you for having me we all have mental health and it's just as important as physical health if your mental or emotional state quickly dips or you're worried about someone you know help and support is out there talk to your GP or call the Samaritans on 0800 58 58 58 for advice on how to help a friend or loved one visit rethink.org.